You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, a show that's so nice, we do it twice. Every single week during the NFL season, I get together with my homie, Joe Dolan, and really, Joe, make sure you know what you need to know about pretty much every fantasy-relevant guy for each team, the big takeaways each week. You can check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Certainly, you can check out the clips that we post on social media, not only this show, but the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money Betting Podcast, College Draft Podcast, which is really popular, at Ross Tucker Pod on social. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. Joe is the fantasy gangster, at FG underscore Dolan, and the master of all he oversees over at FantasyPoints.com, where I highly encourage you to use that code 23FEAST to get their incredible discounts. Joe, we did seven games in yesterday's episode. Now we got six more today, and we'll start with some of the more juicy matchups. I am legit excited about the Broncos at the Texans. Yeah, so the Denver Broncos, first and foremost, there has got to be one piece of Sean Payton's coaching that's gone maybe a little bit underappreciated that I think both his team appreciates and I think people around the league will appreciate because I can tell you many in the media, many in the, many in the Twitter sphere and every Broncos fan one advanced Joseph fired after he gave up 70 to the Miami Dolphins. And Sean Payton stuck with him. And that defense has almost completely turned around. And it's been a big part of the Broncos' long win streak. However, there is one caveat here. The Broncos' run defense has still been exploitable. They've given up at least 2.50 adjusted yards before contact per attempt in each of their last three games games in which they've given up at least 100 non-scramble rushing yards each. Meanwhile, as you well know, Ross, the Texans have kind of sort of figured out how to run the ball. The Texans had a season-low 32 non-scramble rush yards against the Jags last week, but in the two weeks previous with Devin Singletary taking over the backfield, they had their two best games of the season. And... I hope that didn't have to do with Damian Pierce getting back in the lineup, but Devin Singletary still played a bell cow share of of the snaps um, and was awesome in the passing game. So Devin Singletary, I still consider a strong running back too, but other than that, the Texans offense continues to be the greatest return on investment item. Like, I'm not sure I've seen a single offense in which every piece with the exception of Damian Pierce, has been a smash return on investment. Obviously, C.J. Stroud, he's second, excuse me, he's first in passing yards per game. 
Noah Brown, even though only in brief action, is leads all receivers in receiving yards per game. We'll see if he's able to come back from his injury. Nico Collins is a top 14 fantasy receiver. Tank Dell is a top fantasy receiver. Every piece of this offense has been a massive return on investment. There is one player to keep an eye on. Dalton Schultz didn't play a lot in the second half last week. I wonder if he was dealing with a minor injury. By the time you listen to this, um, you would have gotten the, the Wednesday practice reports. I do not have them at the time that we're recording this when it comes to Dalton Schultz. I feel like maybe the Texans will trade Pierce this offseason. I mean, he's got like he, – he's just I guess he's not a good fit for their offense. Right. But, man, he's a guy that – he was awesome last year. He's I mean, a, he got like four zo- angry a, run scepters from my boy Kyle Brandt. He, um, he's, a, he's a gap scheme guy, and they run a, they run a ton of zone concepts. And that's just, that's just not his style. How about Carolina with a new head coach at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I don't know what the new head coach is going to solve here. Like, I was talking on Sunday. I do the uh, SiriusXM uh, game day show on uh, uh, basically talking through the games on Sundays, you know, breaking down everything that's going on for fantasy. My co-host, Paul Kelly, said, Joe, what's going on here? The Panthers can't get the ball to their best player, Adam Thielen. And I said, Paul, just pause, right, pause for a second. And listen to what you just said. Panthers best player, Adam Thielen. I love Adam Thielen. The guy's been a fantasy football mainstay for over half a decade. In the year of our good Lord, 2023, there is no way in hell Adam Thielen should be a team's best offensive player. That's just the facts. And I don't understand where Bryce Young... Is well, what he's supposed to do behind Ross? You've seen their offensive line play; it's terrible, really bad. It's and I like Bryce Young a lot, but I think even the biggest Bryce Young fans would admit a quarterback who's five ten, one hundred ninety pounds is not going to function well behind a bad offensive line. They cannot run the ball; they cannot throw the ball. I don't know what firing Frank Reich is going to do to that. Um, Carolina's persona non grata for me. Maybe feeling that's about it, and I know. There are probably folks out there with six teams on by who need to use Chuba Hubbard or Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders, his boy was Deuce Staley. You know, Deuce Staley coached him in Philadelphia. Deuce Staley was also part of the casualties uh, in David Te- in David Tepper's wrath. Um, I'm not sure Miles Sanders is going to get a whole lot of work going forward, so I would anticipate Chuba Hubbard being the lead back here for Carolina. What about for the Bucks, Joe? Well, the good news for Tampa Bay is their their run game for Rashad White, despite bad matchups, he has continued to produce. And if there's one unit that's been good, though, for Carolina, it's been their run defense. Their .77 adjusted yards before contact allowed over the last five weeks is third lowest on the slate. So it should come as no surprise that we have the Bucs with our second-worst run game matchup on the ground, but that's not news to Rashad White. Rashad White comes into last week with with a knee injury, and he runs for 100 yards in that game. Um, Carolina allowed a season-low yards before contact last week, and Terrick Henry scored two touchdowns anyway. So I think Tampa Bay should be able to run the – should be able to at least get attempts for Rashad White, and Mike Evans is working – 
on such an unbelievable level right now. Um, he's basically a wide receiver one for fantasy. Um, just keep an eye on the status of Baker Mayfield, who uh, got dinged up last week. Mike Evans is going to get another huge contract. Huge contract from well, somebody. They motivated him, and he is, uh, and 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 he's showing them why they should have extended him before the season. Unbelievable. All right, let's talk Browns at Rams again. Reminder: We record this Wednesday morning. We do both episodes back to back. We don't put, we don't drop them both at the same time because that messes with some of the podcast apps. So we drop the first one immediately. We drop the second one after midnight on. Uh, Wednesday night, so it's in your podcast app Thursday morning. We don't know who the quarterback is for the Browns, Joe, but it sounds like it might be Joe Flacco. Yeah, it could be could be old Joe. Um, and I would consider that maybe a good thing for the receivers, but Amari Cooper's dinged up. We have to keep an eye on his status. Again, as you mentioned, we record this Wednesday, so we don't have the practice reports yet. David Njoku was benefiting big time from uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson being in there at quarterback. Um, I feel like he could also benefit from Joe Flacco being in there. Look, Joe Flacco had some good years throwing the ball to Dennis Pitta. There's no two ways about that. Checking that ball down and throwing it deep. Maybe Elijah Moore gets some looks down the field. But really, you would anticipate Cleveland trying to keep it on schedule with the run game if Joe Flacco's in here at quarterback. Um, not a great matchup by any stretch of the imagination. If you have Jerome Ford, you kind of know what he is right now. He gets a bunch of carries, and you hope he gets a touchdown, though Kareem Hunt has been kind of the guy that they've been going to in the red zone for much, not all, but for much of the season. So here's the usage on Jerome Ford, by the way. He hit a season high in snap share 70% last week and route share 72% last week. He saw only two more carries than Kareem Hunt, but he out-targeted him 7-0. to I wonder if Jerome Ford in the passing game will be big if Joe Flacco starts as a check-down option. The problem was Kareem Hunt was, once again, their red zone running back. So, Jerome Ford, though, I think this is going to be a between-the-20s game for the Cleveland Browns, and I think Jerome Ford will probably be a beneficiary of that. Joe, what about the Rams and your guy, Kyron Williams? Kyron was awesome. I cost myself a win getting too cute. I benched him for Zach Charbonnet in a league last week. And, I mean, I feel like the logic was sound there. Sean McVay was saying, we're going to limit his touches, but you have to be smart. And we do want him to have a normal workload, but we don't. And then, of course, Kyron Williams came out and showed, hey, there's no way you guys could take me off the field. Because all of a sudden, the Seahawks are collapsing a little bit. The AFC, the NFC South is the NFC South. The Vikings and the Packers are both floating around 500. There are plenty of playoff spots up for grabs here in the NFC, and the Rams are one of the teams looking at them. And the good news here for Kyron Williams is the Browns are a team that has a solid run defense. But there is an unbelievable stat here. Over 50% of the non-scramble rushing yards against the Browns this year have come on explosive runs, which is a run of 15 or more yards. And these are not scrambles. No other team is above 40% in that department. So the Browns are really good. Let's call it the Barry Sanders run defense. 
The Browns are really good at limiting you to one-yard gain, two-yard gain, one-yard gain, two-yard gain, and then all of a sudden, 27-yard gain, 34-yard touchdown run. I think it's a good week for Kyron Williams to continue piling up some of those explosive plays that he was making last week, also in the passing game, by the way, against the Cardinals. The Browns have some problems with missed tackles in the in the back seven, and I think the Rams can force them. But the other question everybody has about the Rams is what's going on with Cooper Cup? Look, I just think he might be a little bit more injured than maybe he's letting on. And our guy Chris Wecht did an unbelievable job breaking down Cooper Cup's numbers. The One of the biggest problems for him is only 7% of his targets this year are designed targets for Cooper Cup. What I mean is like a little screen pass or a one-man route. Most of those are going to Puka Nakua this year. So that's been one of the big problems for, for Cooper Cup producing uh, I still consider him a wide receiver three for fantasy with six teams on by, but that is something to watch to, uh, and consider going forward with uh, with Cooper Cup. By the way, fo- I, I buried, the, buried the lead here. Uh, check the status of Miles Garrett, because if he doesn't play, this is a much better game across the board for the Rams. In football, the fourth quarter is where the magic happens. It's where games are won, where champions are made. In business, it's where sales teams become legends. That's why HubSpot built Sales Hub to give sales reps the deal-making tools they need to win their Q4. Sales Hub's prospecting workspace organizes your schedule, goals, and to-do list in one place to save your team precious fourth-quarter time. Smart sequences help sales reps close deals faster than ever. Get ready to dominate Q4 with Sales Hub. Learn more at HubSpot.com sales. In addition to HubSpot, the other thing I would recommend for sales Get your client some Labatt Blue Light. It's delicious. Or talk to them about their account while you're drinking Labatt Blue Light with them and living life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Joe, it's a big one. Niners, Eagles. Let's talk fantasy football. The Eagles are breaking everybody's brains, Ross. Have you ever heard such like awful discourse about a team right now? Oh, we can't give the MVP to Jalen Hurts because he's been worse last year than this year. And by the way, I think that's true. He was better last year than he was this year. But who's like truly separating himself in the MVP race? Oh, look, the Eagles aren't blowing anybody out. Four weeks ago, everybody's talking about, oh, the Eagles, they've got this awful stretch of games coming up. They better prepare themselves, and they've won them all. Yeah, they've had a couple bounces go their way. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. But last last year, are their schedules too easy? This year, oh, they're not blowing anybody out. Yeah, they're they're playing. There's power rankings out there that have four teams the Eagles have beaten in front of them. I mean, it's getting kind of ridiculous. Nonetheless, this is probably their biggest challenge of the year. The Eagles are ten and one and a home underdog. And if you look at simply the numbers and you look at the manner in which the 49ers do beat teams, yeah, it makes sense. The 49ers blow teams out. The 49ers massacre the Cowboys who are certainly one of the top five or six teams in the NFL. Then last last year in the NFC Championship game, you know, the Niners never had a chance because Brock Purdy got knocked out of the game. There's a lot of crap talking going on. This one I'm looking forward to a lot. But I have never in my life heard such unbelievable discourse about a quarterback like Jalen Hurts coming off a five-touchdown game. 
in which he probably played, by the way, his worst half of football of his career in the first half. And he came back and was awesome in the second half. We've gotten to a point in, like, discourse of everything where you can't give a guy credit for that. You have to look at the fact that, oh, uh, yeah, there was a bad fumble, which, by the way, the fumble, my boy Kenny Gainwell was on the field for that fumble. That was on Jalen Hurts. I think Kenny Gainwell, did you, what, was that your uh, was that your assessment of that fumble for Jalen Hurts last week, uh, Ross? Well, I thought it was more on Hurts than Gainwell, yeah. but clearly they just weren't on the same page. You know, Gainwell was looking to pick up a blitzing linebacker. If, if Hurts gave Gainwell that ball, Gainwell was getting blasted. So I thought it was on Hurts. And then he came back and played a, a nearly flawless second half of football. He's going to have to be better than that in the first half this week against San Francisco. So couple of things for the Eagles. First and foremost, the Eagles, as a fantasy football team, why am I talking about power rankings and all that? Because the Eagles are the same team. You play Jalen Hurts, you play A.J. Brown, you play Devontae Smith, and you play DeAndre Swift. I don't care who you're playing against, you play those guys. Dallas Goddard did not go on IR. So that indicates that the Eagles expect that he, or at least anticipate that he could be back either this week or next, or else they would have put him on IR. So keep an eye on his status. Lane Johnson will play for the Eagles, or at least he says he will, which is obviously huge. I don't know what it is about his presence. I mean, I know he's one of the best tackles in football, but the Eagles oftentimes will go from looking like a juggernaut to looking like a non-functional offense without Lane Johnson. It looks like he's going to play this week. Um, the Eagles are just one of those teams. I know the matchup against San Francisco is unbelievably difficult, but with six teams on by, are you really sitting any of the Eagles' big four? You just can't do it. What about the Niners? So I'm really interested to see what the Eagles' defense looks like against the Niners because last week against Buffalo, I thought in general the Eagles' defense played really well. I thought they covered well. I thought they got to Josh Allen well, but here's the problem. Josh Allen is Josh Allen. How many unbelievable, spectacular individual plays did Josh Allen make in that game against the Eagles? Scrambling on third and eight for 10 yards. Breaking the pocket. Hitting Gabe Davis for 15 yards on third and 10. And then, Josh Allen had the opportunity, and I think... I want your read on this, Ross, because you were you played in the NFL. I thought Gabe Davis ran the wrong – I don't want to say wrong route because I think it was an option route, but I think he ran the wrong direction on the overtime play. I think Gabe Davis absolutely should have bent his route to the middle of the field where there was no safety help. But he probably just got so excited that he beat the corner that he was just running past him anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I heard him – it looked like he was saying on the sideline it's a corner route, but uh, some people think that you got to convert that – to a, a, to a post route when it's an all out blitz. So mm -hmm. miscommunication. Yeah. That's, and that's just what it was. And then there's coaching issues there for Buffalo. But anyway, Gabe, uh, uh, anyway, we're, we're, we're talking San Francisco, San Francisco is the same team as the Eagles. I think you can make a decision on Purdy because he's not a running quarterback. And those are the quarterbacks who have really given the Eagles trouble. Uh, but nonetheless, the Eagles have given up a lot of points this year. So Purdy, Ayuk, Debo, George Kittle, and McCaffrey, all in play. And I think the only one you really have questions about is Brock Purdy. Kittle had his down game last week. Kevin Byard is really starting to get better in that Eagles defense. We obviously saw him pick off Mahomes a couple of weeks ago. And you would think he's more of the Kittle matchup. But this is really a great game between two teams on which you don't have a lot of fantasy decisions to make. It's just more of a great game. 
all of these guys are so good that you put them in your lineup every week. Let's talk Chiefs at Packers. I feel like the way these teams are playing, maybe you should have some fantasy guys in your lineup every week for these. It feels like both offenses figured something out recently. Yeah, um, I think the, the thing the Chiefs figured out was that they played the uh, they played the Raiders, but the big news that everybody's going to look at is that Rasheed Rice had a 100-yard receiving game. And I think I've been pounding the table on this podcast for six weeks that Rasheed Rice is their best receiver and they need to get him more involved. And lo and behold, they finally did. And I wonder if that's going to be the case going forward. He is the only wide receiver you can consider playing from the Kansas City Chiefs at this point. Unless you are dying. And you're like, well, Justin Watson scored in back-to-back games. But that was his only catch last week against the Raiders was a touchdown. But I think Kansas City is a pretty easy fantasy team to me as well. You play Mahomes, you play Travis Kelsey, who hasn't been awesome this year, but he's still been very good. You play Isaiah Pacheco, who scores touchdowns, and and I think you have an opportunity to play Rasheed Rice in this matchup against Green Bay. Green Bay, six-point home underdogs, so you obviously um, think Kansas City should have an opportunity to run the ball in this game. It's going to be frigid out there. Isaiah Pacheco is the kind of running back I would not want to tackle in cold temperatures, I'll tell you that much. Well said. Let's get to last but not least, Monday Night Football. We saw the Bengals' offense for the first time without Joe Burrow for a full game yeah, it wasn't good. with uh, Browning out there. And then they're going against the Jags, who Jags have a lot of guys, and they got a win in Houston last week. I really still do not understand why it takes Zay Jones playing for Calvin Ridley to kind of get uh, on those open routes, get in the open field and run those deep crossers, get him space. But nonetheless, Calvin Ridley's a fantasy wide receiver one when Zay Jones plays, and he's been basically unusable when Zay Jones doesn't play. The good news, Zay Jones is probably going to play in this game barring some practice injury. So that's really good news. I think you keep playing Calvin Ridley. Um, the Bengals have been solid against the slot receivers, but Christian Kirk's a wide receiver three. The Jags have been struggling to run the football of late, which is a concern to me. Travis Etienne had a massive role last week in their game against the Texans. He handled 20 of 28 carries and six of eight targets out of the backfield, but he didn't really go anywhere. And he also picked up a chest injury. A guy to watch in this backfield, though, that they've kind of gotten involved with recently is Dearness Johnson. Maybe those of you in a deeper league, you're like, ETN hasn't been, you know, running efficiently. He hasn't been getting it done. Who's the belt? Who's the backup? I feel like I feel like Dearness Johnson has kind of overtaken Tank Bigsby a little bit there, at least in the passing game, which is important to watch. And Trevor Lawrence, by the way, two of his best fantasy games of the year, back to back weeks. Um, I don't think that's a coincidence with Zay Jones back in the lineup. Flipping over to the Bengals, the Jags just held the Texans to their fewest non-scramble rush yards of the year, and they have allowed just one team, the Falcons in week four, to top 100 such rush yards. And that includes matchups against Christian McCaffrey, it includes matchups against Derrick Henry, it includes matchups against Jonathan Taylor. The Jaguars' run defense has been excellent this year, and now they face a Bengals team that had just 16 rushing yards on non-scrambles in Week 12, the third fewest of any team in any game this year. Cincinnati has not gone over 100 non-scramble rushing yards in any game, and I can imagine they will. I can't imagine they will this week uh, in this matchup. The Jags are going to be able to key on Joe Mixon and try to force Jake Browning to beat them through the air. Um, 
Jamar Chase had an okay game last week, Ross. He had four catches for 82 yards. And if and, and if I'm playing Jamar Chase with Jake Browning at quarterback, I'll take the four for 82. However, two of them, and I think his two biggest gains, came off of deflected passes. So that is a concern for me as we look at the Cincinnati Bengals offense going forward. I mean, what are the odds of that? Off of deflected passes like that. Joe, how many um how many gifts do you typically get your wife for holidays? I usually get her one really nice one. Like a really kind of th- we we buy gifts for each other, but I usually typically get her one really nice one to f- try to be thoughtful. I like it. I just asked my wife last night what she wanted, and she said five times, I don't need anything. I don't need anything. Yeah, we like, don't need that, anything. That but... doesn't help me. Of course yeah. you don't need something, but I need to get you something. That's how it works. My recommendation, Joe, is a story written all about your loved one, myfrontpagestory.com. I'm actually a part owner of this business. Talk to a writer for 10 minutes. Looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper, framed pictures of you and your significant other quotes about how great she is. She will cry, dude. She will cry. Myfrontpagestory.com. Myfrontpagestory.com. I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Feast. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. (laughs) 